Yo, what's up, everybody? My name is Jerome, and welcome to the podcast of Influencers Impact. All right, so um, first question that uh, I want to ask is, um, what do you do and uh, where are you living right now? Like, where are you yeah, spending so, your time? Yeah, I live... Um, I live in Costa Mesa, California right now, um, just outside of Newport beach. And, um, and I, uh, run an online school called Theos U hmm. and, um, it's kind of like Netflix for theology, basically, but, uh, it's somewhere in between Netflix for theology meets a tiny Bible school. So yeah. it's like, we have, gosh, I don't know, maybe 28, 30 courses, something like that. And um, they're all, um, I'll, I'm going to back up. That's okay. I was, I was in New York City for nine years with Hillsong New York City. Um, and sorry, are you there? Sorry. Yep, I'm still here. Some, so, um, I'm doing this on my phone. Somebody just tried to call me. Oh, okay. um, so I was in New York City, and I was a teaching pastor there, and I, I was pa- uh, running what we called the Evening College. And Evening College is essentially we take Bible college courses, and then we distill them. So, you know, teach them over 12 weeks, mm-hmm. 14 weeks or whatever, um, or, or six, six or seven weeks, and it's two hours uh, a week or whatever. So that's what I was doing. And then I basically just, you know, kind of wrote – a ton of courses and then we when I left New York because I what I was starting to travel a mm-hmm. ton um and and I that's kind of what I thought I, I wanted to do and so I started to travel and speak and stuff and um and then I had this idea last year like man maybe we should put this all online for people to access it because that's what I, I had a lot of people just going hey like like so many people want to maybe have some uh, some sort of Bible college education, but they can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? And maybe they, you know, want to take a couple courses. They don't want to take a whole semester of courses and they don't have time for homework or whatever. So basically we just created these, like you can take the book of Romans in six hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of fun. It's light. Um, and um, essentially we just kind of distill these courses that would typically be, you know, 24 hours mm-hmm. and we distill them. Um, and, um, so long story short, I run the school. There's like 3,500 students from all over the wow. world. Wow. Um, it's 14 bucks a month and it's just growing. It's, it's growing insanely. And then we're launching a Bible college called Theos Seminary. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the same thing. It's a subscription Bible college, 99 bucks a month. Uh, we launch it next month and we're just kind of reimagining um, what, what ministry training would look like um, in terms of just the interaction, the user experience, mm-hmm. um, less lecture time, more work time, more Bible, no gen eds. Um, like uh, our undergrad is going to have like Greek one and Greek two in it and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's, so long story short, that's kind of what I do. Like I, I travel and speak. I live in California and I run these two crazy, crazy schools. <laughs> that's amazing, man. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think what you're doing is is super incredible because there's so many, like I went to Bible college um, here in Ontario and I know there's a lot of people who want to be in ministry, but they, for one, don't know how to start or two, they don't have the money because it's super expensive. Hundreds. So honestly, what you're doing with CLSU and I, and I have a subscription with you guys and it's it's been incredible so far. So cool. I'll definitely cool. recommend anyone if they can to keep going for sure. Cool. Thanks, Jerome. It's, it's, Bro, like when I was living in New York, I think one of the things that I saw, and I didn't see this, I never saw this in Canada, mm-hmm. like, you know, new United States and people living paycheck to paycheck here is so different to what we have in Canada. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just remember students, you know, from, 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 from places in, in New York and like for them to go to Bible college is it, like, <laughs> it, it would never like, it's like a dream. You know what I mean? Like I was broke, but I was able to go to Bible college, but like these kids, you know, like they just, just never going to be on the cards for them. Like they just don't have employment, you know, I don't know. So I wanted to like create something that would be at a dollar level for them, but it would have awesome ministry training. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? As well. I had so many friends who they were in New York, um, even working at our church there but they'd never had Bible college education or any exposure to, um, you know, theological systems of thought, whatever. And so I just want to create something that like somebody who, I mean, we, dude, we have MDibs, we have PhDs mm-hmm. who have, who have, and, and multiple, multiple um, who are subscribers to Theosu and they love it. Wow. Um, and, um, and then we have people who like are barely even a Christian or some people who maybe aren't even Christian and mm-hmm. they're just like, what is this thing? I want to learn about what Christians believe. So it definitely is something for the whole gamut. Um, yeah. for sure. Now I'm passionate about it. Obviously I'm talking about it here. Dude, selling no, my product. That, that's absolutely <laughs> amazing. Um, so would you say ministry was always something that you saw yourself doing growing up or is this something no. that I completely wrecked <laughs> Oh, dude, yeah dude i never ever wanted if you told me that i would be living here and doing what i'm doing i probably would have been like yeah i'm not going to new york i gotta stay in canada I mean, <laughs> um it's definitely been a crazy journey the last 10 years mm-hmm. um i wanted to do music and that's kind of actually why i came down to the states to begin with and wow. i did music for a, a number of years um yeah, I was in this band with my brother called the Royal Royal and it was a kind of worship thing and I was pursuing other projects. I kind of wanted to be a producer, songwriter, et cetera. And then mm-hmm. I don't know, just like this stuff sort of fell apart, the music stuff on me and uh, which I'm still bitter about. <laughs> and, and I, Carl Lentz offered me a job mm-hmm. and so I started doing that and, started to enjoy it. And then I started speaking and I never thought in a million years that I'd ever, I just never dude. I'm, I'm not the ministry type, you know, like I don't check the ministry boxes. And I mean, maybe, maybe that's why I thought that I couldn't do it because I'm like, mm. I have long hair. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't, I just don't really like, uh, it's not that I don't like Christians and I don't like churches. I'm just not really churchy or Christianese and I don't really like that stuff. So yeah, I love Jesus yeah. and I love the scriptures, but I'm just like, I'm sort of like averse to just some cultural things. Mm. Um, so, so for me, I guess it's been like 
yeah, it's definitely been like a, I don't even know if like, it's, I'm not like Paul or Jonah. It, I'm, I mean, I guess in, in, in some ways we're all Jonah. Yeah. Um, but it's more like, uh, you know, the Lord just keeps on opening doors and I just feel responsible enough to walk through them. So it's like when somebody invites you to speak, you go, you know, yeah. like, and then I spoke, I speak at a conference and then I get five more invitations. And so then I just, okay, well, I'm just going to go. So as long as people are inviting me, I'm going to go. And I don't, I don't know how it happened. I never promoted myself as, as a, a speaker. I don't, mm. like, I have a website now, but it's not something that I like, even on my Instagram, I don't have my website's not on my Instagram. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, it's not something that I've ever tried to project myself as it's just, it's kind of happened. Mm-hmm. And, and I probably like consistently, dude, when I go to churches, like they, like they, <laughs> I was at a church recently, a big church and I had a uh, Metallica or Guns N' Roses shirt on. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like Sunday morning and I just don't care. Like I, but I probably just don't think as mm-hmm. well. And they're like, they asked me to change my shirt. And I remember going, oh, like, I just, I'm just not the kind of guy who, you know what I mean? Like, I I, I rock up and like, I I look like I haven't showered in days. And and that's like, (laughs) it's kind of my aesthetic. And (laughs) it always amazes me, (laughs) like the places that I go. Yeah, Uh, yeah. um, So for sure, man, it's been weird. Uh, And I think maybe, maybe that's, maybe it's, maybe that's my shtick. Like maybe that's what people like is that I'm not churchy, but I'm very, Mm. I'm very, you know, very theological or whatever, but all that to say, it's not something that I ever pursued. And and why, why would you pursue it? Why would you pursue $40,000 a year? Right. Um, You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't want to be broke like my parents were and Mm -hmm. my parents are pastors and they've lived a very modest life, but I've seen the way churches treated my dad and, and you know, my, 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 my dad took over the church lead pastors now over 20 years ago, we lived up top in the church offices because they couldn't pay my dad enough money. So like, like ministry has cost my family mm-hmm. um, a great deal. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a joy to do what the Lord calls you to do, but it's never been something that I'm going, wow, this is going to be sick. You know, like, because <laughs> <laughs> right. it's, because it's not, yeah. it's not. Um, and some people do make a lot of money in ministry and maybe one day I'll make a lot of money in ministry. And, you know, I don't know how necessarily how I feel about that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm just being real open and honest right oh, now with you. That's so good. Um, because I don't think that you should ever, like, I've never made a decision for money. I've never yeah. done that. I've, I've never, I've never done that. I hope that I never do that. I hope that I always make decisions based off of serving people. Um, you know, um, I think I said no to, to speaking at somebody's place once because I just felt like they were going to abuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the conference ended up being canceled. And that, that's the only decision I ever made about money. And I called my dad and I said, dad, I'm saying no to these people because I think they're going to screw me over. Yeah. My dad is like, he's my, he's my heart checker. He makes sure that I'm always doing things for the right reasons. You know, that's like, awesome, man. you need that. Um, yeah. You have to have that. Yeah. Uh, so I got some old school wisdom and protection for sure with my dad, but, but I don't know, dude, like I, I you know, you don't, you don't, you don't get into this 
So I, I, I always kind of wanted to do something else because I didn't want to be broke. So, but now I'm doing this and, um, you know, and, and, and so far <laughs> we haven't missed a rent payment. There you go. So things, so things are working and things are, are, you know, things are good. I, I guess I enjoy what I do. I probably would like to do more creative things and I probably will do more creative things. Like, um, I want to write fantasy novels and I want to write some screenplays, maybe direct a movie. And I want to create a children's curriculum. There's a lot of things that I want to do, but I, yeah, I'm just doing, I'm doing this because I am being asked to do it. Mm-hmm. And I speak, you know, speak and be in, be in ministry. And cause I feel like I do have a bit of a burden, you know, like I have a burden for people who want to learn more about the Bible. That's a burden. And yeah, so I'm just trying to, does that make sense? So that's kind of, that's yeah. me in a nutshell. Honestly, like Nathan, everything you just said just then I resonate with um, because for me, like I didn't want to go into ministry. I wanted to be an yeah. actor and that's why I wanted to pursue was acting. And I kept thinking to myself, sure, I'll go to Bible college, but I think when I get out of this, I'll learn more about Jesus and then I'll do mm-hmm. acting. I'll do my own thing. And yeah. now being a pastor for almost five years, I definitely can see God doing something in my life. But there's still a part of me. It's like, you know, I still have a passion for drama and arts. I still have a passion for creating things. God, yeah. me, it's never going to happen. And sometimes <laughs> I feel like it never will. But then just to hear you share how you're doing what you're doing and you love it, but there's more things that you would want to do. Um, mm-hmm. I think it kind of goes to show that. Um, and, and it's amazing that you're the first pastor that I have. Um, this interview with on Influencers Impact because um, the whole purpose to really focus on highlight that we're all creatives um, yeah. and that we were created by the ultimate creator. And mm. so I just find it amazing that God has given everyone tools to do more than one thing. But sometimes we yes. like to stay, or people tell us, I should say this, people like to tell us, stay in your lane, but you yeah. feel like God is drifting you in different places where you don't know what what's my lane. Like, what does that look yeah. like? Oh, dude. I think my new, I, I just had a, a thought yeah. and maybe this is like our, a Jerome Nathan moment here mm-hmm. where we kind of change some language, but I think that stay in your lane is going to be the new mantra that I destroy in the next yeah. year. Yeah. You know, where it's like, we always tell people to stay in their lanes and I get the idea, mm-hmm. um, you know, of it and it can be useful at times, but like, uh, G.K. Chesterton is one of my favorite authors, and he wrote a an appreciation of um, Robert Louis Stevenson, who wrote Kidnapped and uh, Treasure Island and all that fun stuff from the I think it's the 18th century. And uh, so Robert Louis Stevenson um, was a horrible violin player, like mm-hmm. atrocious, and. Uh, so he would play his violin at night after after dinner and like to to the pain of everybody who lived in his house and his neighbors and like mm-hmm. you know cats everywhere you know screeching and um and uh, but he just loved doing it it got it brought him so much joy and we have that uh Chesterton was remarking on that axiom that if you're going to do something do it well yeah. and he was saying if you're going to do something just do it because you love it Mm-hmm. you know you don't you don't have to necessarily do it well like why is that like what why not just doing something because you love doing it um and so for sure like i i've always resonated with that thought that like i don't have to do like i've had friends come up to me like, i have a bunch of different musical projects um mm-hmm. 
you know, that I tinker on and kick the, kick the tires on, so to speak. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I've had a couple of friends come up and go, dude, if you just did one project, it would be so successful. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but I don't do this to be successful. I do this because I enjoy it, you know, like, yeah. yeah. And, and to your point, Jerome, like maybe you won't be a successful actor, but, uh, you know, in terms of like some sort of industry blockbuster, you know, um, but maybe we should do all types of different things. And maybe like we need to be more Renaissance men where, you know, it wasn't uncommon in the 15th and 16th century that people would do all kinds of different things, mm-hmm. you know, and it's sort of the creativity bleeds into other things. Like why does a pastor, why, why can't a pastor um, own a tech company and uh, write a fantasy novel? I mean, look at C.S. Lewis, you know, like yeah. he dabbled in so many different things. Um, so I reckon, dude, that that's, that's definitely Maybe maybe it's a generational thing, but we're just kind of like, hey, like don't don't box me in. Type yeah, thing. yeah, I totally think that. Um, so in your in your life and and what God has been doing with you right now, how do you feel that with what's been going on with COVID nineteen? How do you think that has shaped your relationship with God? Yeah. Um, <laughs> how has it shaped my relationship with God? I would say it's definitely made me uh huh. it's it's caused me probably to be a bit um i don't think anything's really changed you know like i don't think it had shaped anything mm-hmm. uh this is the first time in our lives that we've ever seen like something that remotely looks like a somewhat of a national crisis in terms of like a global financial crisis like yeah. you know and restrictions and lockdowns and exploring government control and exploring that the the um the uh, you know what is the uh the parameters um in the boundaries of individual freedom versus, you know, the collective or really in many countries, especially like Canada, like what the government decides for you to do, mm-hmm. uh, what are, you know, what are those, uh, what's the threshold there? Um, so it's, that's probably been a lot more in my, my relationship with God has probably become a bit more in some ways practical. Like it's been, yeah, it's been it's been causing me to. It's not like I've been like, oh, like this. I have time to, you know, really uh, pick up the guitar and dig into my devotional life. It's actually been more like reflective, as in like, what are the things that I believe and our core values, mm-hmm. and there's things in me that I need to make like because typically I believe that what bothers you is what you should do. Yeah, and so yeah, there's been some things where I've been like realizing like the way that things are, and I'm sure that, you know, I mean, look at the black community, for example, in America and, mm. and in Canada, whatever, it's like, there's things that are definitely bothering them. They have every right to be pissed off. Yeah. Um, but um, in, in, in my world as well, uh, there's questions I think that people are asking. And, and so I, I, I guess I'd say that it would be some more, somewhat of a, 
my relationship with God has become a bit more practical where it's, it's been like, okay, Lord, like I, I don't like this and mm-hmm. I want to maybe change this in society or I want to see, I want to go down the path on, if that makes sense. So it's not yeah. been like a, it's not been like a, uh, spiritual awakening. I mean, perhaps, I mean, perhaps it, it has been, but less experiential mm-hmm. in sense of, in, in, in the sense of devotional and more sort of like, contemplative and a reordering of my values and seeing some of the things that I value that I didn't realize that I valued come to the surface. Yeah. It's like pressure. Um, when you put water into a hose, that's when you find the leak. Right. Right. And yeah. so um, pressure reveals things in you. Right. So COVID-19 for me, I'm seeing some things in me that I didn't realize bothered me. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Um, so that's kind of what it's, it's been. It's, it's definitely changed some of my focus a little bit and made me, you know, whatever. I hope, uh, sorry, that's a bit long-winded. And, no, no. I guess in some ways maybe it's a bit hard to follow. But That's really, that's really good. And if anyone can't track it, they could always watch this back. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I was tracking with you the whole way, man. So that made perfect cool. sense. Cool. Um, so we, they might not all, all know this, people that will be watching this later on, but uh, you are also an author. Uh, you wrote a book called Hearing God. Yeah. Um, what would you say to someone who is going through the same type of season we are right now where the world is just all over the place and they are having a hard time understanding how God is in the midst of all this? Yeah. What would you say to that person who's kind of struggling to hear God? Yeah, I would say, um, so in, in my book, I talk about how, um, I talk about how we need community Mm -hmm. and we need pastors and we need people of, you know, people that know us and that we are, we're known by them, um, in order to, to hear God. So like, Obviously, the, the scriptures are, are our final source, um, but God speaks through people, and he prefers that mode. And so I think what uh, COVID-19, perchance, has revealed to many folk is the lack of community in their life and how they've actually created an isolation, Yeah, um, if that makes sense. So for me, that's kind of uh, – that's kind of – what I would emphasize, I would, I would say, Hey, look, like if you're having dif- difficulty hearing God, um, I would start by asking the question, how involved in your community were you? Hmm. Um, how known by people are you? Like, have you been having conversation? Do you, do you have deep relationships where people know you and they can speak into your life and you can share and w- walk things out and work things out. Like, yeah. I really believe that that's, um, that's, and that's where the kind of like the prophetic, that prophetic edge comes in, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So I would say that. And then ultimately, you know, um, are you using this time to get, to, get to know the word and, yeah. uh, you know, and, and understand, uh, you just know, know the scriptures and do some study, you know, like, um, so that's, that would definitely be my two things. But I think that the, the community elements probably something that you know, people don't understand why we meet, mm-hmm. uh, you know, why churches meet and 
one of the big reasons why we meet, <clears throat> not the first reason, but one of the big reasons why we meet is because we desperately need um, each other and we desperately need pastors and people that know us and are able to speak into our life and the blind spots in the places of our life. So, yeah. um, so going forward, I'm going like, I hear God, man, through my pastors and through, you know, people that know me and, you know, when I'm frustrated, you know, I mean, I, I go to Jesus, but I also work things out in mm -hmm. the community of faith. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, even, even pastors need pastors. Um, and like, sometimes I tell people, you know, that have a hard time struggling. And I love how you said like community is a big aspect. Cause I'll tell people if you come to church on Sunday and you come to church thinking that the Holy Spirit's going to download, you want the Holy Spirit to download things into you. The way he works is he'll download things into you so that you can upload those things to someone else to That's build great. relationships, to, to yeah. connect. Um, That's really good. But a lot of times we just like to soak it all in like a sponge and we don't want to release it. We want to get fat and keep it to ourselves. And then we cry out to God, God, why aren't you, you know, talking to me? What he is, he wants us to release some things right. others that's so good yeah that's exactly it um yeah god god i mean when you see the um the corinthian church at, at in at play you know like i always tell people like love is love is is not silent love is love is audible yeah and the you know the prophetic in the local church isn't isn't supposed to be spooky it's not the way paul paints it no it's 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 to cheer up stir up and build up and and i need somebody to do that to me and i need to do that to somebody and that's part of the body being the body mm -hmm. um you know for edification um encouragement and um and comfort so yeah man i'm with you yeah that's good um, I guess I'll, I'll ask you one more question because I'm, I'm trying to honor the time that we have. Cool. Uh, and so what I want to ask is, or from what I, I want to let you know what I've seen and I want to ask you a question. Yeah, um, please. You're the type of person that I fully believe um, is an anomaly in a sense, kind of like me, um, where others will look at you and not assume right away that you're a minister, a man of God. And I don't <laughs> know what it is with people. Like I get it all the time, but what I love is your passion. Because you're cool. <laughs> thanks man it's like there's no way that jerome could be in ministry he doesn't look like a dork <laughs> exactly exactly and then they think the same as nathan um what i what i see in you is is your passion for for people and for god is always i'm not gonna say always the same because i haven't seen you 24 7 but it yeah. appears to me that it's the same the, the same way that you treat others is the same way that christ treats you um and what i want to ask and i think this will probably tie in with what God has been doing in your life with Theosu and the ministry you've been a part of is yeah. where has that passion, um, like where did that passion come from? Was it always something like you were always passionate about things and God kind of geared you that way? Or did this just happen in your life at some point or some specific moment for you? Yeah. Wow. Uh, so my, my, for, for sure, my parents, man, um, mm. you know, any atheist who wants to come at me is absolutely right. You know, like <laughs> I, I got it from my parents. Yeah. Um, you know, like you, you get your, your faith, uh, Timothy got, Paul said, you know, Timothy, you got your, your, your faith from your grandma hmm. and you got it from your mother. Um, so I don't have a problem just coming out and just saying, 
Yeah, 100%. I have a legacy of faith, mm-hmm. and that's my parents. And my parents, de- there's a deposit in me. Um, it's probably the, one of the best ways to explain to people what you have mm-hmm. is it's a deposit. People have deposited into my dad and my mom for decades. And then my parents deposited that into me. And then when I went to Bible college and, uh, you know, I was with, uh, you know, my, my, my teachers and, and, and some mentors of mine, they deposited something into me. So I just have a deposit. And if people like the deposit, it's not so much Nathan as it is decades of other people's, you know, deposit. It's, it's a tradition that's been, it's, it's like, uh, it's like wealth. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am, um, it's like generational wealth, which is a, a great conversation that people are having right now. Yeah. Um, you know, um, but I am generationally wealthy, um, spiritually, mm-hmm. <laughs> not financially. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, and, uh, so, yeah, so that's kind of where my passion comes from. My passion comes from other people's passion. Hmm. And uh, there's definitely a mimetic uh, aspect to our passion. And for sure, you know, like, I, I, I didn't go to a church that sucked. You know, like my parents, uh, my parents took us to an awesome church and uh, an awesome church in Hamilton. And then my dad pastored a church and our church experiences were wonderful. Our, you know, uh, Living Hope in, um, in Hamilton, Ontario, just an incredible church. And I just grew up to love church and it was never boring. It was so fun. And my friends were there. And mm-hmm. um, so, um, and then, you know, I had real experiences with, uh, you know, in God, in my, uh, in my youth and in the Bible college. And so, um, but I would really, I would really say that, that, um, you know, that my passion Sorry, Jerome. People keep oh, on okay. trying to call me, um, but um, I should have done this on my laptop. But oh, I don't really cool. like just rookie, rookie, rookie move of the year over here. That's all right. Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of like I guess a bit long winded again. But I think it's definitely from from you know from from my parents and from their legacy and from my mentors and their legacy um, and my dad, like my. Some people have horrible experiences in church and those that's legitimate. I didn't, I'm not that guy. I didn't have, there's things that I don't like about the church. I, of course I've had, I had some bad experiences, but I had overall good experiences and I trusted my leaders and my dad was the same guy in the pulpit that he Mm -hmm. was on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. And so when you have people in your life who are consistent and they're legit and you see the fruit of it, you know, then like you want to be a part of it, you know? So it's like my faith came down to me from, from others that's totally amazing yeah mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people can relate with you with that with I think a lot of who we are is because of what we've seen from our parents and from our friends and um, you know it's true where they say show me your friends and I'll show you your future the people that you have around you can shape you yeah regardless if you like it or not it's facts big yeah. facts um, so Nathan, I just want to, again, thank you so much for your time. Um, I really appreciate all that you've been um, speaking to me about. And for everyone else that's going to be watching this, I know they're going to be blessed as well. Dude, thanks for having me. And um, 
really great getting to know you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We'll definitely keep in touch. Yeah, I got your phone number, so you can't you can't get rid of me. No, that's right, man. You can't get rid of me either. Even if you want to, you can. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, bro. Well, thank you again. Enjoy yeah. the rest of your day because I know it's uh, the early evening for you. Later. That's evening. right. Yeah, I'm going to cook some burgers with my wife, and uh, we're going to search for some houses. We're, we're, uh, we're moving to Palm Springs in a, in a couple of weeks, and so All we're right. trying to find a place to live. Yeah, well, I'll definitely be praying for you guys for that. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. All right, man. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. Take care, and we'll see you soon. Much love, brother. All right, you too. Bye. Cheers.